morning and a holy afternoon and a 24-7 holy. Praise God. This morning, I want to share a message with you that we would all share in and we would all celebrate, and it's the name. There's a hope in this hour. If Christmas brings anything to a people, it's hope. It's the power of hope. As he came into this dark world, a world lost in sin, hopeless, craving to find some level of satisfaction in life which can never be found in ourselves or anything here on this planet, there was a name given to mankind that brought light and hope for all people who would accept that name. Names are really important. Names are vitally important. And in the book of Exodus, we know that Moses was called into the presence of God. There was a burning bush, and he told him to take your shoes off. This is holy ground. There's nothing man-made that's going to come between you and I. So take off your sandals. Take off whatever you have. Take whatever you want to bring into my presence. It shouldn't be there. It's just you and me. And God said, I want you to be the deliverer. And Moses said, but Lord, they're going to ask me, who is the name of this God? And so God reveals his name to Moses. And he says, I am that I am. Now that's a cool name. That's just cool. That's just self-existent. That is just I am. Not I was or I'm going to become, I hope to be. It's just I am. And he is always I am. And that's the power of that name. Whatever you need, I am. Whatever you call on him for, I am. I'm there for you. I am with you. I'll never leave you. I am. And he has always existed. Always was. The world wasn't always here, but I am was. And Jesus says before the world began, I am. I am. Before Abraham was, Jesus uses that name for himself. He says, before Abraham was, I am. And so it's a name that is self-existent and powerful. And to have that name, many times in the ancient world, to know the name means that you have the authority in that name. And so God was giving Moses the power of that name. You go to them and declare The I am, the name, my name is with them and on them. And he says this, this is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. I am. And in Hebrew, it's Y-H-V-H. It's called the Tetragrammaton. It's, it's, there were no vowels in Hebrew. So we really don't fully comprehend how to pronounce the I am. And, and so Y-H-V-H is Yahweh, Yahweh. Uh, the V is like a W, Yahweh. And, and we've added the, the, the vowels uh, from Adonai to this tetragrammaton and, and put it together for Yahweh. And some time along in the uh, 5th century, uh, they began to translate it Jehovah. And so we call it Jehovah, but the, the name is Yahweh in Hebrew. And 
This name is his name forever, is, was, and will be. He is the present one. He is the I am. He's the solution to every problem. He's all that we need. And he is the one who's going to deliver the people. And he gives that name to a people so they will call on him with that name. Now, every time he does something, he expands the dimensions of that name. When he provides uh, in the desert, he becomes Yahweh, or Jehovah, Jireh, or Yahweh provider. I am your provider. When he heals someone, he becomes Yahweh Rapha. It's just an extension of what he is. We keep defining the I am of his isness. Works for me. He is healing. He is deliverance. And every time he reveals that, he reveals it in a covenant aspect so that it is yours. You get to participate in that part of his name. So when he brings healing, he says, I am your healer. When he brings provision, he is your provider. When he brings his love, he is love, his banner over me, Jehovah Nisi, Yahweh Nisi is our banner. When he becomes our righteousness and gives us a right relationship, he becomes Jehovah Tzitkanu or Yahweh Tzitkanu, our, our righteousness. And so a name is much more than Joe or Pete or Hi. It's just uh, not just nomenclature. It is his identity. It is his being that you are actually participating in relationship with. Now that's awesome. And he says, you call on me and I will be this. I am this for you. I am that. And so... What is glorious and wonderful is that when Mary found herself impregnated, that the seed of God was put within her, the angel Gabriel came to her and said this, that Mary shall bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now, the word Jesus was a common Hebrew name. Jesus is the Greek, Jesus, Hispanic. Jesus being Greek, the Hebrew for Jesus is Yeshua. And within Yeshua, that name, we would call Joshua or Yahshua, is the Yahweh name. Because Yahweh is the I am, Yahshua Yahashua is Jehovah or Yahweh's salvation. That's what Jesus' name means. And so what Yahweh does is gives us another extension to his name to magnify who he is and for us to participate in. And so our Jesus is Yeshua. Every time in the Old Testament you read a verse that says salvation, 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 it's Yahashua, it's Yahshua, it's Jesus, it's Joshua. It is God's name. And so he says you're going to call him Jehovah's salvation because he will be. It's not just, again, you got to get this. It's not just a name. It's his being. He is going to be Jehovah's salvation for you. 
He is going to be your provider, be your healer, be your deliverer, be your righteousness. Every name that God has ever been is now wrapped up in His salvation, Yeshua. It's the final, if you will, zip file that's being downloaded into planet Earth for you to extract all of its meaning. How many of you have downloaded this file? Some of you are going like, what's he talking about? (laughs) If you don't know what I'm talking about, man, you are lost. (laughs) We need to help you. Every reference is Jesus. Jesus didn't just appear when he was born as a baby. Jesus was in the garden in Genesis in the promise when the seed of the woman shall bruise and crush the head of the serpent. Jesus was in every reference of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, where God would deliver and God would bring saving power and salvation to a people. That name was Yeshua. And so for people to say, oh, he was hidden, we couldn't find him, he was there all the time. Psalm 91 says, in verses 9 and 16, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my Yeshua. You're not used to Yeshua, so I'll say it again with Jesus. <laughs> with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, that is from Psalms that David's writing, but it's mentioning the name of Jesus. And so Simeon in the temple, when they come to dedicate the baby Jesus, Simeon's there waiting because God had given him a promise that he would see the Lord's salvation, the Lord's Jesus, the Lord's Yahshua. And that's why Simeon says this, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. What word? I just read it to you, Psalm 91. According to your word, my eyes have seen your Jesus. Salvation equals Yeshua. You getting this? Every time you read your Old Testament, every reference to the word salvation is Jesus. It is literally the name Yeshua. And so Simeon is not just saying anything off the cuff here. He's not under just some kind of divine inspiration. He is, but he is actually quoting the word of God, holding the revelation of God's Yeshua, God's salvation. Here it is. Promise to Hagar in the wilderness. Promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Promise to Israel. Promise to David. Promise to uh, 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 Jeremiah. Promise to Isaiah. Promise to Ezekiel. Promise to every Jew that was ever born that there would be a promise of salvation. And his name is Jesus. And Simeon's saying, I'm holding your Yeshua, your salvation. This is Jehovah's salvation. That's the place where you dedicate the name in the temple. And when you present the child to the temple, you bring the name forward that you are going to declare, and it is Jehovah's salvation. What are you going to name this baby? Jehovah's salvation. Why? Because he is. (laughs) And he shall save his people from their sins. 
Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Behold, God is my what? Okay, put Jesus in there, will you? Let's read it again. Behold, God is my I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my With joy we shall draw water from the wells of That's how a Jew reads this. Though he won't put the Greek iteration of Jesus in there, but when he reads it, he is putting Yeshua there because it's the Hebrew word. God has become my Yeshua. That's why he is called Emmanuel, God, uh, uh, Yahweh, with us. And so here he is. Behold, God is my Jesus. I will trust. How many of you remember when Thomas wasn't with the 12 apostles? Uh, well, the 10. Judas was out. 11 yet left. Thomas was, I don't know where Thomas was that day. He was confused, had a late lunch. I'm not sure. But he just didn't go with the other 10 that were in the upper room. And Jesus appears to them. And they're like, oh! Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, Yeshua, this is awesome. Thomas comes in after the fact. Don't you hate that? See, if you come to church late, man, I'm telling you, you're going to. One day you're going to come in here and we're all going to be like, ah, and you're going to go like, what, what, what? We saw him. Thomas is like, no, I don't believe it. Ten witnesses. I don't believe it. It's just like Israel. He represents Israel. Now this is what gets me. This, this is the Lord and his, mm, I don't know if it's humor or just justice. I don't know. Thomas says, not until I see him with my own eyes and touch the wounds with my own hands. Puts a demand on God, right? Of course, you've never done that. We, we don't, we've never done that. And what kills me is that Thomas had to wait seven days. He had to wait a week. Jesus doesn't show up for another week. Peter's like, no, really, man, we saw him. We saw him. We really saw him. No. Yes, we did. Andrew's going like, look at Thomas. I saw him. I don't care what you think. I saw him. Whatever. (laughs) Had to wait seven days. They're all rejoicing. They're excited. They're trying to search scriptures, trying to find everything out, and this and that. And then Jesus appears in the room. Jesus said, Tommy, come here. Now what I love about Jesus is he condescends his his glory and his majesty to answer this man's heart. And he says, Thomas, come on, touch the wounds. And Thomas falls to his knees and this Jewish man says, my Lord and my God, my Theos, my God. Now, he knows Yahweh, and he knows humans. So for Thomas to say, my Lord and my God, he is saying, God has become my Jesus. God 
has become Yeshua. God is Yeshua. Yeshua is God. He falls down to worship him. Jesus does not rebuke him for the worship that goes to God alone. He receives that worship because Yeshua is God. God has become my Yeshua. Now this verse is a tremendous verse. For at the Feast of Tabernacles, on the eighth day of that week-long festival, as the people are gathered together at the temple, the priests bring out the silver trumpets, and they blast the trumpets as the, the priests go to the pool of Siloam, dip in a silver pitcher of water, and bring it back to the altar at the temple, and begin to pour out the water. While they're doing that, Israel quotes Isaiah 12, verse 3, with joy we shall draw water from the wells of Yeshua. With joy we shall draw water from the wells of Yeshua, right? From the wells of salvation. They're using that word Yeshua. As all of Israel is saying it, it says that Jesus stands up in the middle of the crowd and screams at the top of his lung, if any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Because God has become my Yeshua, my salvation. Salvation was standing right there as they're quoting the verse that says God's Yeshua is here. Man. He was given a name. It's a glorious name. Isaiah 62. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the ends of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your Jesus comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Behold, your Yeshua comes. All the earth knows this name. They may not even believe in this name, but everyone knows this name. It's Jesus, it's Yeshua, it's Jesus. Whatever language you are in, Yeshua is the salvation of God. Everyone knows that word. And they tag on Christ like it's his last name. Jesus Christ. Unbelievers, it's a curse word. They swear with it, right? And everybody, most people refer to him as Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. What they don't understand is that is Yeshua Messiah. They're making declaration, Yeshua Messiah. Yahweh's salvation and anointed one. You've been given a name to use. Use it. Isn't it funny that the enemy wants to denigrate that name and Blaspheme that name by having it a curse word. Isn't it interesting that when you come to salvation, you have to confess that name, that he is Jehovah's salvation, the anointed Messiah. He is my Lord. And something happens. It was on your lips before you knew him. You used it as a curse word. It's in our culture. Everybody talks about it. They use it as slang. But to come to him, you have to change Though you would use it again on your lips, something changed in here. And faith ignites to call on that name. And he tolerates us. He puts up with us. He condescends his glory to meet us and says, here I am. The salvation of God has become the I am for you. I am your salvation. Now, we're given a descriptive name in Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
Man, that's a lot of names. I thought he was Yeshua. Now you've got wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting. How come they didn't say all that as his name? Could you imagine when Jesus would introduce himself? How are you? I'm Yeshua, wonderful God, mighty counselor, prince of peace. Because this thing isn't about his actual name. We know his given name is Yeshua's salva- uh, Jehovah's salvation. Yahweh's Yeshua, Jehovah's salvation. What this is, is what he is. His name shall be. Again, a name is all that the person is. He is wonderful. This is how you're going to know him. When he shows up, he will be full of wonder. He's full of wonder. Full of wonder. Have we lost our wonder over the majesty of Jesus Christ? Has he become so plain? But he is full of wonder. He is the counselor. All wisdom, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in him bodily, Colossians tells us. He is the wisdom of God manifest and present here. Do you understand this? You don't understand this. I don't understand this. We don't get this enough. Do you understand that all the knowledge of God has been given to you, revealed to you, so that you could have the mind of Christ, you can have the mind of Jehovah's salvation and know him? It's been given us. Why are we so lackadaisical in trying to research the wisdom of God? It's all right here. It's right here. We should be eating this thing, reading it, going to it for every question we have. Instead, we write Dear Abby or we go to Google. We have a a friend that was uh, here uh, from South Africa Pastor Isaac Sebelai, and uh, as he was here, uh, I went and had breakfast with him. I had to use my GPS to find my way there. It was on the other side of the moon. Well, it was downriver, so same thing. So he said, one thing I've noticed with you Americans, he said, everywhere you go, you have your GPS. So why don't you know where you're going? (laughs) Africa, I know where I'm going. Well, you probably don't have half as many roads as we do. I mean, they're everywhere, and it's just city after city after city after city after city. But this is our GPS. This is our guidance system. He's the counselor. He's the counselor. We are more willing to pay money to see counselors. Counselors are a blessing. Counselors are good. But can I tell you what you're paying for from a counselor? The wisdom of God. If you're going to a Christian counselor, go to a Christian counselor. But they're giving you the wisdom of God. And we need that. We need people. We need, I understand that, so don't, don't miss this. But, oh my gosh, if we would go to God, the counselor, if we would pray, if we would seek and hunger, he's full of wonder. He's a counselor. He's the mighty God. This is what he is. The mighty God in Hebrew is El Gabor, not El Kabong. Well, he's coming back, as a matter of fact, as El Cabong. All right, I made that up, but if any of you remember what, I don't know if you know what El Cabong was. For some of you over 50, it was a cartoon, right? It was a white horse, and he had a guitar, and when he was mad at you, he'd hit you in the head. It couldn't, would never fly on TV today. He would El Cabong. Some of you think God's El Cabong. He's El Gabor. El Gabor means mighty warrior. 
Jesus fought the greatest battle ever for your soul. He fought an enemy to destroy on the cross, obliterating Satan and all of his lies and accusations against us, disarming him and fulfilling the law. Therefore, there is no accusation that can stand against you before God because your mighty warrior took your punishment for you and died for you. He is a mighty God. Mighty God. He is Jehovah's salvation. He became that for you. He wants you to call on that name. My salvation, I need you now. And everything within that salvation, I need a mighty warrior to break the power of depression over my heart. I need a mighty God who will break the spirit of addiction in me. I need a mighty God who is a warrior who will fight for me and destroy this flesh so that I can rise in the spirit through His counsel and might. You see, this is what he's become. The salvation of Jehovah, of Yahweh, is an everlasting father. Now, don't get this confused. He is not the father. The father didn't become the son, and the son didn't become the spirit. We believe in a triune being. The father and the son are unique from each other, unique personalities, though they are one God. What does it mean he's the everlasting father? Father is Abba. Everlasting is Ad, A-D. He is the Ab-Ad. He is the father of everlasting. In other words, he is the source, the progenerator of everlasting life. You want eternal life, you must come to Yeshua. You must come to Jesus. He is the salvation. He is the warrior. He is the counselor. He is the peace. So the reason you and I have eternal life today is because Jesus is the Father, the creator of eternal life. In him is life eternal. That's his name. That's what he's going to be to you. You don't have life eternal because you've been a good boy and girl. You, you don't have life inter- eternal because you attend church. You don't have life eternal because you did your, doc, your, your, your devotion this morning and you did something else, you did this. You don't have life eternal based on anything you did. It's because of the name. It's because of the one. It's because of Yeshua's uh, Jehovah's salvation. It's because he came and he brought eternal life into your being. It is a gift. It is given to you if you would call on that name. All who call on the name are calling on a person who personally responds to you and intimately becomes known by you as your Lord and Savior. He's the father of eternal life. Last of all, he is the Prince of Peace. He's that high priest. He's that Melchizedek. He is the Prince of Shalom. The reason you and I have peace, the reason he has become my peace, he's become my rest, he is my Sabbath, he is my fulfillment of the law, he is everything to me. I am made right, therefore I have peace with God since I've been justified through the blood of Jesus. So I have peace with God. I don't know, whatever you're going through in this life, it's horrible, there are different things that happen to us. We lose loved ones, there's sickness, there's disease, there's pain, there's sorrowing, but it never touches the peace of God which is within me. I have peace with God. I will pass through this life, pass out of this life, but I am eternally with God forever because He has become my salvation. Do you have salvation? 
And is it celebrated every moment? Are you living in Jesus Christ? That's what it means to be in Christ. It's not some kind of doctrinal statement. It is a state of being. He is the I am. And if you are in him, you are with him. And eternal life and all that he is, is in you. So daily, moment by moment, I am in Christ. I have the peace of God, the eternal life of God, the mighty warrior fighting for me, the counsel and wisdom of God in me at all times. Man, Christianity should be something so different than what the world sees. Amen? Amen? And may I announce to you, coming soon to a church near you, is this anointing that has been moving powerfully for the church to recognize. We are entering into a season where we as a people will be so in Christ, we will identify and know this salvation in its full ramifications with every breath we breathe. It's not going to be a weekend thing. It's not going to be a time of devotion now and then. It is a knowing and a being because I'm in that name and that name is in me and on me. You talk to me, you talk to Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but I carry him with me and the power of that name. That's why the angel said, you shall call his name Yeshua. You're going to call him every reference in Scripture to salvation. That's what you're going to call him. So what you can do, come on, what you can do, I dare you, what you can do is go to every reference in the Old Testament and claim that for yourself through the name salvation, Yeshua. Every promise that was downloaded into this planet through God's promise of salvation is Jesus. And then he showed up. And what he did by showing up is he brought it and nailed it to the cross for all to see and fulfilling it and rising it from the dead, raising it up so that this name is ours. He is God with us, God in us. The I am went from a burning bush into a burning heart. He dwells in you now. Has anybody got this burning in you? This is Yahweh. This is Jesus, I want to take you to what this name means in Isaiah chapter 53 so you begin to understand the full declaration of this name. When Gabriel said, you shall call his name Jesus, I want you to know something. Gabriel himself did not understand the fullness of what that meant to Mary. Mary didn't understand. It says that she kept these things hidden in her heart. But the, even the angels didn't understand when he said, you're going to call his name Yeshua, Jehovah's salvation, for he shall save his people from their sins. That, Gabriel didn't even comprehend what that meant. He couldn't. It was hidden as a mystery for all time. Mary, Joseph, didn't comprehend it. Isaiah wrote it. He didn't get it. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, David, all the prophets, they all wondered, what is this? No one could comprehend it. Jesus said he would go to the cross telling his disciples they couldn't figure it out. They didn't understand it. Peter said, oh no, you're not going to die. He said, you get behind me, Satan. He didn't even comprehend it. I want you to see how this salvation went to the cross. When Jesus was that babe and he said, he shall Deliver his people from their sins. Isaiah 53 says, Who has believed what they heard from us? 
And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him, plain-looking guy. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, we deceived him not. When he hung on that cross, people couldn't look. It was too gruesome. He was beaten so severely, so badly. Surely he has borne our grief and our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, He's smitten by God, afflicted, cursed. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. By his stripes we're healed. But yet all we like sheep have gone astray and we turned every one of us our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And like a lamb, he was led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that was before its shearers, he was silent. He didn't open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered he was cut off out of the land of living, stricken for the transgressions of my people, he was killed. And they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for sin. And he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the rightness, the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressor. That's salvation. That's Jesus. He became our salvation and He became Jehovah's salvation. There is no other way to the Father except through Christ Jesus. There's no other name that you can call upon to be saved other than the name that was declared that morning, Yeshua, which is declared throughout all Scripture. It is God's salvation. This salvation put on flesh. This salvation went to a cross. This salvation was beaten with 39 stripes, nailed to a cross, dying there, forsaken by the Father, in fact, crushed by the justice and judgment of God the Father. The law absolutely crushed Him and put Him to death. All for the sake of you and I. You don't want me to say Christmas? You don't want me to say Merry Christmas? You don't want me to mention the name of Jesus? It's too awkward for you? 
I've got one thing to tell you. It's the name of my Lord, the name of my Savior. I live in it. It lives in me. It is all that I am. It's all that I can share with you. It's all that I reasonably have to offer you because you can take a couple bucks. I'll give you whatever I got. But the most important thing is to give you Jesus. It's everything. He gave us everything. This name is who he is, wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be a day It says in Philippians 2, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped. He emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. You have to understand, that is not just every human name in the earth. This name is above every human name. This name is a name that we will repeat for eternity. But it's also saying it is the name above every name God, Yahweh, has ever been called. It is Yahweh's supreme name. It is the name that he wants uttered towards him for all eternity. It is the name he put above all names. He is Yahweh's salvation. God wants you to know that it is his love that he will be known for throughout all eternity. Nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus. That name, that name is the name above all names. For God, call me Jehovah Jireh. Call, you know, it's interesting because we have the Hebrew roots movement. Everybody wants to get back to Judaism. Very good thing. It's great. We do need to understand Judaism. Jesus told the woman at the well in John 4, salvation has come through the Jews. The more we understand Judaism, the deeper we're going to understand our salvation. Totally get it. Love it. But so many now want to call on God's healing, Jehovah Jireh, his provision, Jehovah Rapha. They feel if they can say his Hebrew name for all those provisions. That's cool. That's great. I'm not putting anybody down for that. But can I tell you that there is a trump card on all of things? Can I tell you that there is a name above all other of God's names that responds and wraps up every attribute of Yahweh, every attribute, every aspect of his identity is found in one name that he has put above all other names. It is the name Yeshua. Yeshua, Yahweh's salvation. For in Yeshua is every promise God has ever made. That would mean then every name he's ever been named. Right? No matter how many promises God has made, they are what? Yes, in that name Jesus. 
And so no matter what you've called him in the Old Testament, no matter whatever promise he gave, he gave a name with the promise. It is in Jesus. When you call on the name of Jesus, you may not know the Hebrew. You may not know all the different aspects to God's character in the Bible from the Old Testament. I can't figure it all out. I don't know what name for this specific reason. You just call on Jesus. It's the name above every name. So that there will be a day when every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. That name is Lord. He is Lord. He is King. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You will see the greatest manifestation that God has ever given to mankind. It is Yeshua Jesus. Amen. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save, deliver his people from their sins. Let's bow our heads this morning. Jesus, Jesus, wonderful Jesus. Your name is awesome and mighty. God, we love you. Hallelujah. Before we go any further, I have to ask this morning if there is anybody that wants to call on that name, that wants the full representation of God in their life. If you've never been saved, if you've never come to Jesus and said, be my Savior, this morning, if you want to receive him as your Savior and secure that by faith, just lift your hand up. We want to pray for you. Is there anybody that wants to receive Jesus as Savior this morning? Amen. All right, I see that hand. Anyone else this morning? Praise God. It is brave of you to lift your hand up. It is smart of you to lift your hand up. It's the most wonderful thing you've ever done in your life this morning by lifting your hand up. And so I'm asking everyone to stand. We're going to stand with you, my brother. Young man in the balcony lifted his hand. We're going to pray together with him. Let's make it clear. It's not this prayer and these few words that save you. It is your heart. It's the surrender of your life to Jesus Christ that saves you. Your commitment to him. And so we're going to pray this prayer. This prayer is a confession of faith. And you need to speak it out. As you speak it by faith, the very presence of God's salvation will come into your being and secure you and save you. Let's all pray it together with this young man, shall we? Pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I know that you died for me. You took my sins upon your body so that I may receive your righteousness. I believe you rose from the dead and that you are King of Heaven. Now send your Spirit into my life 
as I surrender it to you. Wash me clean. Forgive me of all my sin. And I give my life to you. Live in me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.